you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Welcome bad boys of podcasting dj impact i got my Matt michael from simon street with us tonight once again it's the night we're recording on the super bowl so we giving a big congratulations out to the los angeles rams for going ahead and uh taking that by the way i don't know if you guys saw but they're one of the guys there actually had received their uh had about wwe belt <laughs> i'm like wow that happened pretty quick so it was kind of cool to see that in the background uh for that so anyway shout out to them this is our three counts we get into three topics that we pull from the internet and we're going to talk about them and um see what everybody thinks so let's get right in to it it's time. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents. One, two, three. Count Talk. Count Talk, baby. All right, here's our first one from scoops.com. Kyle O'Reilly details the underlying problem with NXT 2.0. It reads like this. Cal O'Reilly was one of the pillars of the black and gold brand at NXT. He was also there for its transition to the NXT 2.0 era before he left for AEW. The AEW star recently had an interview with Renee um, Paquette for her Oral Sessions podcast. He discussed things such as AEW debut and more. And speaking of the rebranded NXT, O'Reilly revealed the underlying problems he believes it has, mentioning how a lot of its stars are not passionate about the sport. I think, quote it saying here, I think people in wrestling are really rare in the sense that you really, really have to love it. I think that m- might be an underlining problem in this new NXT. There's a lot of people coming in that I don't think really have the true love for it. I'm sure they'll do well. They'll make big, uh, make a big splash, be a big star, make a ton of money, said Cal O'Reilly. But at the end of the day, if your heart isn't really in it, I don't know. It's tough. And that was the end quote. All right, Simon Street, this is your article. Tell me, what's your thoughts on it? So pretty much the reason why I picked this article is because I think that he kind of gave – almost a twofold fair example of NXT 2.0. I think from his standpoint, you know, he wasn't utilized or, or at least what the writing on the wall was going to be that he wasn't going to be utilized like he once was. I think what Kyle O'Reilly also has to realize is sometimes when there's a change in the garden, there's a change in direction. Sometimes you're going to have to try and pivot yourself just to be able to stay relevant in the plan in this grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. I felt like at NXT, he couldn't have really done that. And it doesn't take anything away from him of who he is in, in the type of uh, an, an entertainer and competitor that he is. He is pretty brilliant. He was 
one of the of the pillars, you know, as far as with, um, you know, uh, NXT black and gold. But the thing is, I think that the one comment did say that stood out to me the most is that I do see that there, we're going to start seeing through years of people who truly love this industry and people who are working it because it's a job and it could be instant means. And that doesn't mean, I'm glad he said the comment, that doesn't mean that they won't be great and they won't make a big splash. So I felt like he wasn't trying to totally be negative, but I think he was saying it right when he said it's rare. It's 100% rare that you are going to see in probably the next 10 years in the WWE, okay, people who are what we'll call, I'll just, I'll coin phrase it as, um, you know, blueprints. People who started in the indies, people who actually went to a school that wasn't WWE operated, who aren't green. And again, I'm not trying to trash anybody within the next couple of years that comes through that has no experience. They could be just as equally great. But I think you're not going to see people who, you know, are like the Kyle O'Reilly's or the Brian Danielson's or, you know, other people that I could name, you know, people who really started out. And I think there's going to be to a certain standpoint where that's going to be hard to, uh, you know, kind of convey to them. You know, you, you know, you you can teach a lot of things in school, but you can't teach hard. Wait, and so, so maybe he does make a good point. Okay, so you're agreeing with Kyle that he just believed that the people that we're watching on NXT 2.0 just have no heart at all. They're just going there as a job, and it's just something fun to do, and, yeah, they make a lot of money, but their heart is not into it. Although the people who's in the black and gold brand, oh, they had all the heart. And you're saying that you agree with that statement. Well, I'm not generalizing it. First and foremost, okay. and that's what I said earlier, is that he does make a point that there are some people and there is a possibility of a culture to where you might have you. You may entertain more people to see the WWE, particularly NXT 2.0, as an opportunity to advance their career. Now, whether they choose to stay in the lane of pro wrestling, uh, then great. You know, they may go on to do good things, but just as equally, if they find a better opportunity, that could possibly be it. Again, you can't teach heart and you can't sit there and generalize who has heart and who doesn't. Okay. Time will tell. Yeah. Let me jump over to you, Matt Michaels. Let's just let's just call it what it is. Kyle O'Reilly wants to be with his homeboys at AEW, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, come on. I'll uh, I'll go a step further. No, I'll seriously, I'll go a step further. Um, I, I, I will say that being with his friends at AEW is a side benefit of the paycheck that he's getting from AEW. Mm. The Mark over there who runs the business was probably willing to give Kyle O'Reilly a lot of money compared to what he would have still been making on the NXT brand. Because Kyle said that he didn't feel that there was a spot for him in WWE on the main rosters. And that's the funniest thing. Kyle O'Reilly, who was never an NXT champion, Mm -hmm. who was always the sidekick to Adam Cole, who, who, when he was given the opportunity uh, before they went to 2.0, he was given the opportunity to to show himself that he could sell himself as a champion and did not get the opportunity. Yeah. Um, this guy says he has heart. Well, that's uh, fine and dandy, but uh, you know what? Heart does not make you sell tickets. Hmm. And you know, you've got to look at what they're doing in NXT, and that is they are building a factory of um, 
you know, the future of what they want to see on WWE television. And they're using the fact that the NCAA just to prove the fact that you can get paid now. So you can do side projects and get paid. So they're taking advantage of that. And that's fine. They are effectively NXT 2.0 is effectively the NCAA for the WWE. Mm. And that is totally fine. What is hysterical to me is the fact that he sounds like a bitter little, you know, old man who had to pay his dues and I had to do this and I had to do that. And, oh, these guys just get signed and immediately they get on TV. You know? Yeah. Dude, get over it. You know, you signed a contract elsewhere. That's it, man. And the fact of the matter is, hey, if you wanted to go to AEW then, you signed a contract, you could have signed back with NXT. You didn't, so just let it go. And, uh, you know, good. the funniest thing is that this guy complains, and yet he, he goes to AEW, and what is he doing? The same thing he was doing in NXT, <laughs> teaming with Bobby Fish and being well, he's a doing secretary less. to Adam Cole. He's doing less. He's doing less, because the one thing I will say, it, Matt, is – before he left NXT, he actually had been given many opportunities in a singles push. Yeah, that's so you know Bobby again, and, and Adam Cole went out the door. They were gone. Well, yeah, but, but but I'm saying ordinarily in that same setup, and we've seen it countless times for sidekick. Let's just call it what it is. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have got that opportunity. I'm just gonna be real. He's the Marty Jannetty of uh, NXT. <laughs> well, hell, hell, hell. At least he didn't have to go through a barbershop window during a uh, Carmelo Hayes uh, segment. No, but he had to go through a cage mask with uh, Von Hammerstone or uh, whatever he's called, who's not been on TV since that match. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Point, point taken. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, that's funny. All right, man. Well, good stuff. We'll see what happens to Mr. Cal O'Reilly's uh, career as he continues to hang out with uh, A.E. Dubs. Let's go. And, and by the way, yeah. congratulations, though, to Kyle O'Reilly, who is a yeah, new father, and that's yeah. why he's been off TV. Ah, there you go. Boom. All right, let's get to our, our second count. This one from CagesideSeats.com. It's titled, Tony Khan admits Jay White was booked because he botched the forbidden door. All right, let's read a little bit into it. It actually ended up being an effective way to get a lot of attention on what was a very entertaining two hours of pro wrestling. But even the most loyal AEW stand would admit Tony Khan's promotion of the surprises and big announcements on February 9th Dynamite was confusing as hell. Much of that stemmed from his initial promises last Friday. Khan used the term forbidden door, which was typically meant a wrestler contracted to one company appearing in another. The person TK was referring to didn't sound like they were signed to another company, though. It sounded like a free agent. He tried to cover for this by reworking the definition of forbidden door and differentiating between walking through it and opening it and slamming it. It was a mess, but it did give the online contingent of AEW's audience a lot to chew on. But it turns out the thing Khan was trying to hype was an ex-WWE talent whose non-compete had expired, Keith Lee. But in order to make good on his forbidden door promise and thereby preserve the sanctity of the term, or something I'm not terribly beholden to myself, but it seems important to a lot of folks, including friends of mine, the guy wrote, he worked with New Japan to book 
Switchblade J. White. Now, this is the exact uh, quote Tony Khan put, uh, t- tweeted out. I didn't secure at Jay White until Sunday. I realized after the fact that Friday night I butchered my own definition of forbidden door and hyping tonight. I heard the fans' feedbacks and wanted to ensure that tonight was a special AEW Dynamite for all. Thank you, everyone who watched. Now, to finish up, it does say the AEW head Honcho did say in his most recent interviews that he was adapting his original plans to meet fans' expectations, and now we know how. Would the buzz have been as loud if Khan had just promised a free agent signing? We'll never know. Should he have admitted his mistakes or made it seem like this was all in his grand plan from the jump? I appreciate this honesty, especially as opposed to the initial defensiveness and denial we've seen from AEW after other botches or disappointments. (laughs) But wrestling fans can debate TK's explanation. We'll need something new now that the mystery of the huge announcement for Bittendor free agent debut has been solved. All right, Mr. Matt Michaels. Tony Khan's admits that he he uh, botched it. Hey, at least he admitted, right? Because some people don't admit that they mess up, right? Can we give him that? Uh, no, we can't give him that because uh, you know there's there's <laughs> a couple things. Yeah, there's a couple things in play here. The first is um, the they still mention Forbidden Door on TV after that. Okay. So I would have, if I was Tony Khan, I would just taken the forbidden door talk out of the commentator's mouths, right? Okay. The second thing is this. Um, they did pass a million. They were about a million, uh, a million, a hundred thousand plus, okay, for views this week mm-hmm. for uh, Dynamite. That's great, right? You got over that million mark. And one of the reasons that he made that announcement so very haphazardly and quick was because he was seeing the numbers for AEW dynamite go down again. So he goes, he makes this announcement, mm-hmm. your ratings go up, but the problem is this. What he should have done was announce. It was Keith Lee that was being hired because that gives you an anticipation to tune to, to tune in to see Keith Lee debut. He does this on a regular basis. He wants this to be WCW. Oh, who's gonna show up now? Right. And it, it's not the same thing. The, the idea has already been broken open because back then the internet was not popular. Now almost every single fan who watches AEW knew that Keith Lee was debuting, right? And most of those fans are smart marks. So they knew from the internet that he was going to be debuting. Mm -hmm. Could you have gotten more than a million uh, and a hundred thousand, you know, or or more than a million, hundred thousand views from announcing Keith Lee uh, for a whole week? Yes, that's what you should be doing. And also, who the fuck is Jay White? That's your solution? <laughs> that didn't bring any excitement to anyone. If you watch it, go back and watch it. There is almost no reaction because he wasn't even in the fucking ring to top it off. He was backstage in a segment. Right. It's ridiculous. Tony Khan has no idea what the fuck he's doing. 
wow, Simon Street, he's just keeping it real, man. He's keeping it real. Let me ask you, oh. though, man. I, I will say this, though. I, I'm, Of course, I do my best to watch all wrestling, but if I wasn't doing a podcast, AW will probably sometimes be a show that I'm, I may skip or just not even watch. On the other hand, if I did hear that Keith Lee was showing up that night, I probably more likely would have guaranteed to watch the show just because I wanted to see. Do you do you think Matt Michaels has a point with with what he said there? And also, what's your overall thoughts about him admitting that he fucked up? Tony Khan, that is. Well, well, first and foremost, with regards to if he fucked up or not, I mean, and admitted to it, you already fucked up. So you admitting to it doesn't do anything to justify the fact you fucked up. I'm going to just say it. That was cute that you admitted you fucked up. I don't but know, though. I, I, think, I do think fans, uh, to the both of you, I think fans do appreciate that. They'll say at least he's, at least he's honest with us. You know, at least he's not, uh, he's not Vince. Vince would never uh, earn up to anything. You know, Vince would have never said that the forbidden door is open. Vince wouldn't go out there and make these ridiculous claims. Vince runs a fucking television show. Tony Khan wants to be a fucking Mark. Well, I was just going to say what re reason why I don't think I just don't think it's a big deal with regards to, you know, him admitting he, he fucked up or not. You fucked up. It is what it is. If people appreciate it, that's cute. But what is interesting enough with regards to Tony Khan and how he wants to run things is Michael's, I will say you're wrong in one way, or maybe you just didn't think about it or whatnot. Jay White showing up in that segment, I think was in somewhat good taste because people get excited seeing Jay White, not because of what Jay White is, but who Jay White is associated with. And people get excited to get goosebumps. Okay. We got the switch play, Jay White. So who else? Outside of the 700,000 people who already watch AEW. But here's the thing. Even people who don't watch New Japan know Bullet Club easily if they you know anything about AEW. If they know anything about who uh, half of the elite was before they got AEW, they would know they were associated with the Bullet Club. Everybody knows. They may not know intimately who the members are, but they know the names that were associated all different eras of Bullet Club. Bullet Club still has, has. Do you do you know who Jay White is? Have you ever seen him wrestle? Could you pick him out of a lineup if they were put in front of you and you said, "Tell me who Jay White is." So, to if be I ask somebody that, I probably wouldn't get a lot of people who would know exactly who he was. But I'm saying that the name Bullet Club means something, and they at least would know because it was said. Okay, during that during that actual um, segment that happened, right? Okay, DJ, people would know. Okay, Bullet DJ, Club. So when's Bullet DJ, Club going to be on AEW? Do you know who Jay White is? So I know who. Do I know who Jay White no, no, he's is? Talking yes, to I know me. Who Jay White. DJ. He's DJ. Me. DJ. Oh, DJ. Okay, I, I thought you said me. I so White, my bad. Here's the deal. I I know of Jay White since he made his his debut into Impact Wrestling as of recent you know within the last few months he's been on but before that i had only heard of him in new japan never seen him if i would if they would have said that was jay white i would have never known so you know it, it's until he came over to impact if i hadn't if i were an impact fan and he just showed up on aw i wouldn't have known who he was and on top of that you just said the key word there impact wrestling how many fuckers watch that show <laughs> right 
So no one's I mean, going and watching, flipping through the channels going, holy shit, it's Jay White. They're going, mom, dad, who's that guy? And mom and dad are going, I don't know. Can we uh, watch Jeopardy or something? But at the same day, at the same time, that is what AEW is and Tony Khan have to be tasked with. They have to find a way to be able to slowly spoon feed the casuals. Let's put call them that way of people who don't know who the hell the Bullet Club is or people who don't know Jay White is and what his position is at the Bullet Club. I would say that what is good is that you have a lot of other members that you are familiar with AEW who were associated with the Bullet Club. And it'd be easy for you to go ahead and make mention of that, whether it's in commentating, whether it's just some reactions that, that are happening backstage. I think that there's potentially something that could be there. But, but again, the problem is, is you're not you're not growing your brand. You're playing to the fans you already have. But that's, that's what they're it. already doing. That's what they've been doing. Why would, so why would they change the recipe? To last. The company's going to lose out on their fucking viewership because they're never going to grow. Well, they probably will. We've been talking about that for months on, on end. We know that's the problem that they have. I'm Dan, just saying, I get Dan it. Housen, I get it. Dan Housen has been on TV now for two weeks, and not once have we seen any vignettes or explanation on who the fuck the guy is. <laughs> <laughs> other than that, other than the fact he knows how to shut up people, to shut people up. That's about it. He comes out of the I ring and he, and he does this to the crowd <laughs> as he walks out after doing nothing and goes backstage. What is going on? I'm not going to disagree with you with the problem that ails AEW, Michaels. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to spend a, a one minute and ten seconds on it. But what I will tell you is that don't fall asleep on the Bullet Club because that's something that if AEW can play their cards right and they can take their time with it. It can be something great, and it'll be something that again you'll start seeing more stuff happening who between Impact is and AEW. Bullet Club now, though, that's the problem. You it's have not about who they are now. Have... It's about it's well, not about only that. Bullet Club present is... meets the past. Well, not only that. Bullet and Club, and that's is... something that you don't know. But they're doing the whole thing on Impact. They're not. I mean, they're not even. Doing I know things. they are. I know they are. Yeah. I know they are. But you but have I'm Finn Balor and AJ Styles in WWE who are Bullet Club, and the D- WWE does not have to go. Oh my God, it's Bullet Club because they make stars. They don't fucking rely on the independent fucking marks to watch their show, and that's it. So let me ask you this question then: Can AEW right now crank out stars? Because I don't see a formula that they can do that yet. That's something that they're working on. So why not utilize certain brands that's already pre-existing to try and bolster at least something? That's just ex- explain what the fuck Bullet Club is because they've never done that either. <laughs> well, they definitely have. My time's up. I can't say nothing no more. <laughs> <laughs> My time's up. All right. All Last right. word, Michaels. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, this is probably going to get you going, too. So let's go right to our third one from Fightful.com. And this one is Jade Cargo says she has been working with Brian Danielson lately. And it reads that Jade Cargo is working with some of the best in the business as she continues to hone her craft. With only 27 matches under her belt, Cargo is one of the fastest rising stars in the professional wrestling industry. On January 5th, she cemented herself as one of the faces of AEW when she defeated Ruby Soho to win the TBS championship. Having only had her match 
Less than one year ago, Cargo has been improving weekly and has admitted to becoming more and more comfortable in the ring. She recently joined the Grapsity podcast on Fightful and credited QT Marshall with being a tremendous help to her. And then she goes into that whole thing. And then the next uh, sentence it goes is Jay continued to prom trauma continue on to praise Dustin Rhodes and also reveal that she's been working with Brian Danielson as of late. And just to read that when she says another person that helps me out is Dustin Rhodes. He's a tremendous trainer too. Obviously these people come from years of experience and lately I've been working with Brian Danielson. So I'm 10 months in and I'm working with the legend. I'm forever floored. I'm humbled. I'm grateful to work for these people that come with so much recognition have contributed so much to the community of wrestling. So I'm thankful. I'm ready. I have the best coaches out there. I'm 10 months in. So the sky's the limit, baby. That's what cargo says. Now, since winning the TBS title, Jade has successfully defended the belt twice first against Anna J in the main event in January 21st episode of rampage. And most recently against Julia Hart. All right. Sin city, Steve, who isn't with us tonight, is the one who sent in this article. But apparently, he is recognizing that Jay Cargo is working with Brian Danielson and apparently with uh, uh, QT Marshall as well. So uh, is this good news? Should we expect something great to eventually come from her? I mean... Uh, we know Brian Danielson is is an excellent worker, and you know I I don't want to be the one to to hate on on Jay Cargill. I just think if I have any issues with her, I think they push they've been pushing her a little bit too fast, and I think sometimes to solidify your win, why not have matches with better people? even if those wrestlers have to kind of, for lack of better terms, dumb their style down to help you get over. So that's why if you listen to wrestling talk, I was saying it just made no sense how they went from Jay, who seemed like she kind of was struggling with AQA, and then she didn't. They go to the next match with Serena having a, a match with somebody else who's new, who's, you know, they just picked from out of the <laughs> pretty much from the from the fans uh, seats to come in the ring. You might as well say, and that was supposed to be a five minute match, and Serena beat her in two. But why not then have a match where you now have Serena and uh, and Cargo? They go one on one. Serena kind of dumbs down her style and help give Cargo Car Cargill that win. And then if they had another match too, maybe Serena can get that, and that could be not for the TBS. But having all these people who you don't know going through the the, the indie, <laughs> the entire in, indie chain of wrestlers just to get your win over, I just don't see how that's smart booking. So you guys tell me. I know Sin City can't defend you know his article, but is this going to be a big help? QT Marshall, Brian Danielson training. Jay Cargo, either one of you. Let's well, it just all depends. It again, it's 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 almost with the argument that me and Matt Michaels was going back and forth. AEW puts themselves in these ultraly ambitious projects, and at times, you know, it, it they're putting themselves in a bit of a bind and a pickle 
you know, Jay Cargill is a pickle because here's the thing. On first glance, she looked good. And yeah. I ain't talking about the way she looked with, with, with in an outfit. But I'm saying if you look, if you never watched wrestling and you saw Jade Cargill with a TBS belt and you were ignorant, you'd be like, God damn, she looked like she can go. Well, here's the thing. Well, that's true. Yeah. You've seen her go. You've seen her go and you see she's green as shit. So at the end of the day, as you stated, Impact, they are pushing her way too fucking far. You'd have swore her goddamn name is Cameron Grimes because she's going to the fucking moon. <laughs> but what I will tell you is that what doesn't make sense is, yes, you're getting help from Daniel Bryson and QT Marshall. <laughs> That's a weird name to say his name first and foremost. He ain't that special. But I am saying that he, if, these, if, she, if, he is get, if she is getting help from these people, she's going to have to do a hell of a fucking lot because the last... Four times I've seen her wrestle, and I don't watch AEW all the time. You could see the green like a patch of grass. So that's a huge fucking hole for her to dig herself out of. If she wants this bad enough, she can. Now, one thing I'll say, and I'll probably get butchered to death for it. Someone else who came in who was probably pretty green, had a lot of good teachers, but took the opportunity and made a name for herself. Dare I say, one of the best in the business, and that was China. Because when she first, first came in, all she did was this the whole time. But WWE, I will give this, was smart. They didn't push her to the fucking moon immediately. Car Jade has only been with AEW, I think, in the last five to seven months. How how long has she been there, Michael? Because I know you was counting. Well, they said it, she's coming um, up on a year. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's she's going on a year? Okay, okay. But remember China. Here's, and if I'm wrong, beat me up later when I'm done. When China first came in, first, first, first came in, right? All she was was standing there the whole time, really didn't get it. But WWE stuck with her, and she, I'm sure, had tons of people, right? And it was a little bit of different of a time because you never seen a woman that size come in with that much visual intimidation, right? Okay, she took the opportunity, made the best of it. Jade, you got to ask yourself, do you have what China has and make the best of the situation? I don't know. I ain't with her. But again, AEW had again putting himself in a hole. And they're going to have to really do a lot because they might need more than QT Marshall and Daniel Bryanson. You might need to bring in a woman that can help her, too, because it might need, need a little bit more. I don't know. That's just my opinion. That's how I feel about this. Okay. Also. All right. Let's go over to you, Matt Michaels, man. What do you what do you see with this? Um, first, I love that you said Jade Cardell is a pickle. So... <laughs> 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 um, so, so uh, to, to on the China point, here's the difference. Um, China actually was a trained wrestler going into the WWE. She trained under Killer Kowalski. So she was trained. She wanted to be a wrestler. And she wanted to figure out how to get into wrestling. And when she tracked down the guys at a hotel and got to talking to Hunter and Sean, they had the idea to bring her in as a bodyguard. Okay? Mm -hmm. the, the WWE didn't have women's wrestling at that point you had sunny and then sable who were both valets so or managers as well so it she progressed as their women's division progressed and then eventually they realized they didn't have the women to go against her and that's why she started wrestling the men is because she was more of a bigger talent than just the women's division right now with jade here's here's my issue i'm going to take a totally different road on this and that is very simple jay cardell is an athlete okay mm -hmm. that's where she comes from that's her background the aew fans 
who are pissing and moaning and guys like Kyle O'Reilly, who we just talked about, who is pissing and moaning about the black and the gold and blah, blah, blah. They're mad about NXT 2.0, bringing in athletes and putting them on TV too quickly. If Jay Cardgell was in NXT, she would be getting real training from the performance center that you would be contracted to be going to. Mm -hmm. Here, she is not under strict training. So it is going to take her longer to get developed. But AEW has put her on their main program as a fucking champion. Right. Okay? NXT is the NCAA for the WWE. They've established that. So anyone who has a problem with Braun or, you know, uh, Gacy or, you know, Waller, any of those guys, Jade Cardwell is a worse example of what the WWE is, again, doing smarter by having them go through NXT. If the Nightmare Factory was an actual um, developmental program instead of, you know, a training center per se, and they would actually have um, taped matches there instead of, you know, having those poor kids go to Dark or go to Dynamite or Rampage to get beat. And this goes along your point, DJ. Mm-hmm. The reason Serena Deeb is beating these, you know, independents or rookies, it's the rookie challenge. So they set it up that Serena is doing this rookie challenge. Right. Eventually what's going to happen is that one of those rookies is going to one, two, three kidder and, you know, become, you know, the over person who goes over on Serena deep. Okay. So they're going to give her what 20 wins or 30 wins, whatever they're going to blow the number up. And then out of nowhere, someone who shouldn't beat her is going to beat her. And that's how you get her established. They fucked up with Jade because she looks like a million bucks, like you said, Simon. But they put a title on her. And in putting the title on her, they had her go over on Thunder Rosa (laughs) and Ruby Soho. So, DJ, your whole point about her beating, you know, legitimates, she did. And look what it's done for her. Nothing. Yeah, that's all true. Well, I don't know, guys. I guess we'll just have to see where she goes from here. I guess they just better hope she keeps it. I got a text from Sin City Steve. He just said that uh, we're right. (laughs) Look, look, real talk. We're going to, you know what? I'm going to donate some of my time impact to Sin City Steve because he's going to need the extra time because he's about to unload on all our asses. Well, that's it, man. That's our three count. Let's hit the let's hit the bell. All right, that's our three count, guys. Three. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us. We're going to um, give our thoughts for the week. Um, I want to say thank you for hanging out with us live, or if you download the podcast, we definitely appreciate it. We just 
had our 500th episode. We've been throwing it out there, and we uh, we continue to still do this because we love it. And we appreciate you just for listening. You that hears this, you that's watching this, thanks. We appreciate it. All right, let's jump over to you, Simon Street. What do you want to tell the peoples? I want to thank each and everybody taking the opportunity to listen to us before they go to bed or get ready to go to work if it's the midnight hour and you work a graveyard shift. We appreciate it. Especially, I want to give a shout out to all the ladies going to bed right after our podcast. You get to hear these three, sometimes four, nice, smooth voices before you go to bed. So Hello, just tell ladies. your husband that we're non-threatening. We're just here to entertain you nonetheless. Thank you so much. And you can check out all our social media right there on the screen right there. Please, all you got to do is follow us and send us comments. Tell us how we doing. What could we do different? Do you not want Simon Street to talk more or do you just <laughs> want him to shut the fuck up? Let us know, please. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> Let me try my Val Venus again. <clears throat> Hello, ladies. All right, it's getting there. Hey, you know what? It's Valentine's Day coming up, right? So that's the perfect, the perfect time to do that. Hello, ladies. Actually, it was Valentine's Day. I yesterday. think you just turned on Lisa Chu. <laughs> yeah, Whatever. you're turning on Lisa Chu. You yeah. better calm it down. <laughs> All right, man, Michaels. What do you want to tell people? Uh, DJ's gonna need some Lisa Blue Chew. Um, <laughs> And uh, what's that social media address stuff so I can comment about if I want Simon to shut up or not? <laughs> uh, and Simon, thank you for pointing out to uh, the husbands of the ladies uh, to let them know that they're listening to D's Nuts before they go to bed. Um, Uh, you know, uh, this week, Friday, the 18th, uh, you can subscribe to the FSW Network, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, or come on down to the FSW Arena for a 7 o'clock show, West Coast time, uh, for High Octane, um, Hammerstone, the FSW champion, uh, as well as the MLW champion, will be def uh, on the show, probably defending the title. Uh, Nevada State champion Remy Marcel will be on the show. Uh whole bunch of other um uh names uh, including guys like brandon gatson who will be in from out of town uh and then the next night on saturday the uh 16 or saturday what is it the fucking 19th at that point uh you'll be able to uh come down to the fsw arena to see the best in the west uh wrestling uh promotion uh, they'll be on hand. I believe it's a 6 p.m. start for them, if I'm not mistaken. And again, you'll see uh, stars like Maserati uh, and Damian Drake uh, for the local audiences who love them. Uh, and some of uh, the best of the West uh, stars as well. And uh, again, they make their return to the FSW Arena on uh, Saturday. And um, also Saturday night, don't forget Impact Wrestling will be on Fight TV for, I believe it's $10 for their, uh, the, the, uh, the, the minier pay-per-views, the smaller pay-per-views. So uh, check out that show. And don't forget, of course, WWE will be in Saudi Arabia 
So uh, to our Saudi fans, if you haven't got your tickets, go check it out. And uh, if you're in the States, uh, that show will start at 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, which means it's noon Eastern. So enjoy some WWE Elimination Chamber. And uh, man, uh, we're on the road to WrestleMania. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one last promo note. Of course, we're in February. Uh, if it's the shortest month of the year, that must mean it is Black History Month. So we have our uh, state of the African-Americans and professional wrestling talk that we have. We have two days of that, and we're going to release those this week. It should be Wednesday and Thursday. We ask you to to take a listen to it, and um, hopefully it's an enlightful conversation. You will get something out of that. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or anything, always feel free to DM us. You also can hit us at our gmail account as well which is pretty long but vegas bad boys of podcasting at gmail.com and uh just let us know we appreciate everything so hopefully you enjoy that this week as well all right so with that we will see you all next week and uh again thanks for hanging out later Biggest bad boys of podcasting.